KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? Oh, I uh, missed out on filling out a N- or NCAA bracket. Yeah, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Every year I go through the same thing as like, am I going to care? And I just don't care. But my Blazers are on a 10-game winning streak looking to extend it to 11 as we're talking. So uh, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm rooted in the pros where they play better basketball. <laughs> See, I don't really care. Just like, I like just filling out a wild bracket just to see. I did what close, how close I get. I did, and then they extended it with even more teams, and I like it. Just, I, I just hate it now. It's just too much. Like it's what, like seventy, seventy two, eighty four. Like how many is it now? Because they have the play in brackets. It's yeah, I don't too know. fucking I, much. I don't even like go to that route. I just. Whenever they whittle it down to 64, that's when I usually pay attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I start, if I watch college basketball, it's usually when they hit the sweet 16. Or oh, the, I don't, the big I game. mean, I don't actually watch the game. I just like. Oh, I, I do sometimes watch the games just because like, I, I like to see some of the prospects that are coming into the pros, but it's totally an NBA related thing. I could give a fuck less about like <laughs> who wins the tournament, so. Yeah, that part I really don't care about. Although I always root against Duke, so there is that. It's a good team to root against. Yeah. Well, I want to do a quick apology to the listeners. Um, I was going through the website yesterday and realized that our top our uh, top 10 movies of 2017, like the description, I had so many typos in there. I don't know what I was thinking when I typed it. And so I fixed it and forgot that, like, that bumps it up in the feed. So if anybody downloaded that podcast and listened to it again, I apologize. However, it's not a total waste of time because I was really wanting to, like, amend my top top ten just because, you know, like, you see more movies. (laughs) (laughs) So a bunch of Oscar movies there. So my top eight, which was Get Out, Disaster Artist, Logan, Lady Bird, Big Sick, Baby Driver, Thor, Ragnarok, and Logan Lucky stays the same. But Wonder Woman and Spider-Man Homecoming, which were nine and ten, got bumped off. And they are replaced by Phantom Thread at nine and Shape of Water at ten. So if you listen to it, at least you get an amendment from Biggs. Like, (laughs) So not a total waste of time, I hope. But I actually re-listened to it and I was like, ah, I don't think anybody's going to care. So anyway, uh, moving on, you had a, you wanted to review murder on the Orient express. Yeah. Remake. We, uh, family, uh, what or rented it last weekend. We actually all sat down and watched that entire movie. No phones, nothing. So, wow. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. No phones went up. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of surprising. Um, you know, it was a pretty good remake. Um, 
I guess a small spoiler, I was glad to see Johnny Depp die quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do have a quick question, which is a spoiler. So if you don't want to know, scan ahead a couple of, I don't know, like 30 seconds or something. But uh, it's so the end is everybody guilty again. Like the original. So if you're gonna just go ahead and throw the spoilers, yeah, I'm out not there. watching it. <laughs> yeah, they they do go with the original ending on that. Okay, so it's it's a pure remake then. Yeah. Okay. And but the the talent that they used on that movie was excellent. Yeah, yeah. I saw that the, the trailer didn't look like I really wanted to watch it. I'm not like super into uh mystery like murder mysteries, but I'd seen the original. I was just like, you know. I like if it's the same ending, I really don't want to watch it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Kenneth Bran- uh, Branagh did a great job. Did he direct this? He directed and was the inspector, uh-huh. director of Thor. <laughs> he did the first Thor. <laughs> uh, okay. Any, any other thoughts on the movie here? Um, if you can, if you want to watch it, I would, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't have anything against it. I oh, mean, okay. So, I mean, I wouldn't say spend a lot of money watching it, but, you know, if it's, if it's, it's on. streaming. Or, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's totally worth. I mean, it's really engrossing, especially if you haven't seen. And I, I apologize for big spoiler there. Hey, dude, I put it into the show. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. Um, but it was a really interesting ride, so. Okay. I I had not watched the original. Oh yeah, I saw it when I was in middle school. I think, I think my dad and grandma were watching it. So, um, okay. So you also saw Game Night? Yeah, well, uh, my oldest daughter and I went and saw Game Night on Saturday. Or, oh, so we watched Murder Sunday night and went to the movie on fr- Saturday night. Okay, I cannot for the life of me remember what Game Night is about. So. Um, uh, Justin Bateman is the main character, um, and him and a group of friends all get around like once a week hat instead of podcasting, they, uh, have a game night where it's usually three different sets of couples. Okay. Um, Kevin Bate, or I don't know why I say Kevin Bate, just Jason Baton, uh, his brother shows up and He's a kind of a big wig, wins at everything. So there's a lot of sibling rivalry and like sets up this like super elaborate, like a uh, murder mystery. Like he hires like a small company to like does a murder mystery sort of thing and sets it up. Like whoever wins, whatever couple wins gets the keys to his like brand new Corvette. Okay. So they uh, um, go through it and the the people show up and then like at the same time, like people that are after Kevin B- or uh, Jason Bateman's brother, like these thugs like break in and like so, kidnap him. So it becomes a 90s independent movie where the mob gets involved all of a sudden. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> and there's the you know for and it was a great comedy like 
it's Didn't really it seem like funny. In the late 80s and most of the 90s, like almost every movie had to have like organized crime involved somehow. <laughs> Like, even if it was just the tiniest part that didn't fulfill the plot of the movie at all, they just had to work it in to get stakes. <laughs> um, but it takes some really interesting turns that you don't see really coming. Okay. Um, you want to tell us what they are? No, I'm just fucking uh, around. <laughs> fuck, no. Because this is one I, I would definitely recommend watching. Cause... I'm feeling surly tonight. <laughs> Got three sips of beer and you're already getting yeah. surly. I'm already surly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's worth the watch. It's a great watch. Um, Is it funny? It's really funny. Um, God, Jason Bateman and his uh, wife, and I can't remember the actress's name. She's She's been in quite a few things. She's really great. It's not Justine Bateman, is it? Because that would be creepy. That would be creepy. Or just weird that he married somebody named Justine. Because he has a sister. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> um, uh, Jesse Plemons is in it. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's where a lot of the twists come is with his character. Um, and then uh, Dexter shows up. Oh. Uh, um, Michael C. Hall. Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. Boy, I haven't seen him in anything since Dexter. I know he's been in stuff. I just haven't seen it. Right. <laughs> and that's where I had been. I haven't seen anything since Dexter. And it was kind of refreshing to see you. Huh. All right. So check out Game Night. Um, Did you see the new trailer for Ready Player One by chance? Uh, I saw the one that came out like a week or so ago. Yeah. It was like five days ago yeah. or something like that. Um. So I thought it did a better job of explaining what the movie was, kind of talked about the creator of the movie, but I just wanted to talk about the Easter eggs as we've done with the first two. So there's a last action hero uh, Easter egg on like the marquee. It was like Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Reacher, like on the the uh, board. There's uh, an allusion to Borderlands. There were Spartans from Halo. Something with Overwatch. I don't know Overwatch. So. I don't either. Something with D&D. I didn't catch it, but I read that there was a D&D reference. Uh, there is a T-Rex from Jurassic Park, which that one surprised me because I know Spielberg was very adamant about taking out stuff that he directed, which I guess plays heavily into Ready Player One. He took out a lot of that stuff, but there was definitely the T-Rex. Uh, there was King Kong. There was a Donkey Kong Jr. poster. There was a Cyclops from Seventh Voyage of uh, Sinbad. There was a Red Lion in the Planet Doom from Voltron. There's a character wearing Buckaroo, uh, Buckaroo Bonsai's clothes, which I should just plug the Alien Movie Project whenever Aaron and Kate get around to posting this next episode, which I think is Star Trek, if I remember right. Um the episode right after is going to be Buckaroo Banzai. So somewhere in the future, you'll get a breakdown of that movie. Um, there were some scorpions from Joust. There was Hello Kitty walking around with their Hello Kitty friends. And uh, Take On Me was playing on the trailer, which is an inspired song for that. Because that for, for those who aren't old enough to remember, that video is like a girl... Is it a girl? It's a girl. Yeah, it's a girl like drawing this like kind of dreamy guy. And then 
she winds up like seeing him start to kind of animate and then he like pulls her into the drawing and then they run from the mob because it's the 80s. <laughs> I thought it was just a couple guys with like uh, wrenches and stuff chasing after him. They had like yeah, motorcycle helmets. It's the mob, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they come in every stripe. <laughs> but I just thought that was an inspired choice of song for the subject matter. Okay, so Danny Boyle, who did Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2, which we were just talking about last week. T2 Train Spotting. That's right, T2 Train Spotting. I'll allow that, not just T2. <laughs> well, that's the full name is T2 Train Spotting. Uh, 28 Days Later, a lot of other movies. Um, so he has confirmed that he's working on the script for the 25th Bond movie, uh, which will be filming, they believe, at the end of the year. But he said it's basically a matter of um, if they like him and, and his uh, his writers worked with them on transpiring movies and most of his movies, John Hodge, uh, when they finish the script, they're going to hand it in. And if they like the script, then they're going to move forward with having him direct it. So that's that's a great choice. Dude, Danny Boyle's awesome. And it seems like they like to go after English directors. So, it you know, just makes and sense. he can, he has, a, I mean, just stuff I've watched with him, like, he can make a really interesting visually. And there's a James Bond reference in train spotting. Cause they have that part where they're like, they have the binoculars and they're like, oh, yeah. spying on that, like, the guy in the par- in the park, he's like, I've got the target to my shite, Schmish Money Penny. And then he like he shoots he's him like, in the fire. Ass. Yeah, he shoots him in the ass with a BB gun. <laughs> and then the dog bites. Or no, he, he shot he, the dog. He shoots the dog and the dog bites the guy in the ass. That's, That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, um, so it, it sounds like if if he if they don't like the script, uh, they're gonna go with the script that was written by the writers of the last seven or eight Bond movies. So um, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but dude, I'm ready for new writers. Like they've had a handful of good ones, but they've had a handful of bad ones too. Like, I think it's time to get some new blood for writing a, a Bond movie. I think it's time to move on. So yeah. I would really, I really hope Danny Boyle gets it, but uh, you got any thoughts on that? I'll be interested to see if the, I would like to see him get it. Yeah. Um, just because I think he could, I think he has the ability to pull off a good, good movie. I do too. He's he's definitely pulled off quite a few. So, um, so Spike Lee is being considered to direct Nightwatch. So, this is a character who is introduced in the web of Spider Man, and uh, it's a character named Doctor Kevin Trench, who's a scientist. Uh, this this black guy is a scientist who's attacked. By uh, this, I think it's AIM is the terrorist group. Like they're the guys with the beekeeper suits, but I'm sure they'll use a different group because they're kind of tied up in Iron Man three. And this is a Sony joint because it spins off a of Spider Man. Yeah. So, um, so he's attacked and saved by this character Nightwatch, and then Nightwatch dies in the attack, and he unmasks him and realizes it's an older version of himself. So it's a time travel story. I didn't know this character's deal. Like I saw the picture of him and I totally recognized him from several comics that I'd read like way back, but I just didn't know anything about the character. So be interesting seeing Spike Lee with a superhero movie. Uh, you got to think black Panther for that dude. <laughs> like, yeah. 
like the idea that somebody would go to Spike Lee is like seems crazy pre Black Lantern just because of the body of work that Spike Lee's had. But if he wants to do a superhero movie, I'm I'm interested, man. Like Spike Lee's had quite a few good movies, and I think it would be an interesting take. So. And it's a character that nobody really cares about, so you get a lot of leeway, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then uh, some more news talking about Black Panther again. So that has really kicked open the door. And uh, Ava DuVernay, who's black woman who directed um, A Wrinkle in Time, she has signed on to direct The New Gods for DC. So The New Gods was written by Jack Kirby, and then it's something that just keeps coming into play with DC. But Steppenwolf is one of the New Gods. Um, he works for, like, Darkseid, who's, like, the main one of the planet Apocalypse, and they have boom tubes and travel around. And the, it's, it's fucked up, but essentially Thanos is, like, copying... Uh, Darkseid. Darkseid, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you see the influence even in the Marvel universe, you know. Um, because back in those days, just Marvel came up with an idea, DC copied it. DC came up with an idea, Marvel copied it. Like, everybody has a fucking... <laughs> whenever there's a good character, they always, like, you know, pull off a, a a character who's like them into the other universe. So, maybe Spider-Man's the only one who doesn't, like, super big one that doesn't have a doppelganger in the other one, because most of them do. But, anyway. Um, and then, uh, the Joker origin movie, there's a little bit of, of news on that. So, apparently, Todd Phillips was saying that uh, the Joker is going to be, an eight, like, an 80s comedian who, like, bombs... And, uh, and so that's like basically the, the intro to the killing joke. Like when he's remembering his past, which may or may not be true. Like he admits that it, uh, it could just be a delusion that he's having. Cause he remembers his origin being different at different times, but it seems like they're going with the killing joke origin. So I wonder how much it's going to draw on the killing joke. I hope not too much. There's elements of it that I just don't want to see in a movie so it's weird i was so high on that at the beginning of the podcast like seven years ago and now i've just like grown tired of the killing joke a bit like it's a good did story, you watch the animated killing joke i saw enough of it to see that i didn't want to watch anymore like i think that it was very close to the opening scene like batman starts getting down with batgirl and i was like nope and turned it off because not only is it not in the comic which i can st- I'm okay with like adding things, but I think that is so out of character for Batman. Yeah. Like there's just no way, like commissioner Gordon is his friend and there's just no way that he would go with like her younger daughter uh, or his younger daughter. Like I just, that, that right away was like, you don't no, You're not honoring the characters here. You know, if you could cut that whole part out of it, it was pretty faithful to the comic. But that's also part of the problem is I I re I have rethought some of the things that I used to enjoy. And the killing joke is one of them because it is really shitty that they took one of the the most recognized female superheroes and and then they were like, Yeah, you have no agency anymore. Like you're just gonna be raped and used as like a MacGuffin for this plot and now you can't walk. Like, and you're not a, you're not a superhero anymore. Like that was really, really shitty. 
And then, I mean, it was kind of cool that later they, like, made her the Oracle and, like, helped out Batman. But even then, she's, like, the woman behind the man. Like, it's just, there's a lot of stuff with the killing joke that bothers me now when I look at it. Um, I think it was, like, really rooted in a lot of sexism. So, it's like, I'd, I'd look at this thing that I enjoyed before and I don't enjoy it as much anymore. So, if you're taking that one little element, I'm okay with it. But if you're, like, cribbing the whole thing, no. <laughs> just don't um wendell and wild is a stop motion movie that's being financed and distributed by netflix uh it's gonna have jordan peele and keegan michael key voice the demon brothers in it so it, i think it's like a comedy stop motion thing so that's it sounds like that's uh keegan michael key and uh jordan peele's next project so that's pretty cool. That's you get cool. more Key and Peele. I didn't know if we'd ever get Key and Peele again, especially after Get Out. Like, when Jordan Peele blows up like that, you just don't know what direction it's going to go in, you know? I feel like those guys are in a lot of stuff right now, though. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know if they if they would do anything together again, I guess is what I'm getting at. So, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're doing something together again. Together again. again. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And then my final bit of news before we do your bracket that you came up with. Um, so Rob Zombie started shooting three from hell, which is a follow up to the devil's rejects, which would make it the third with those characters because there was also house of a thousand corpses, right? Yeah. That was based off of. So it'll star Cheryl moon zombie playing baby and Bill Mosley playing Otis. I didn't hear anything about the, the third character captain spaulding yeah captain spaulding um so i i don't know if he's in the movie or if they have a different actor playing it but this is three from hell so you would think i you know i haven't heard anything that would um say he wouldn't be in something like that because i mean he's definitely around a lot of their uh a lot of their projects um, so I, I would, I would definitely like to think that he's going to be in it. Um, I don't, I don't see why they would cast somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I would hope so. I just like, it was weird that just those two names came up, but it might've just been an oversight on the article I read. So, yeah. Um, so you wanted to do a bracket. So we rushed through everything so that we'd yeah. have time. So what was this? Is this, um, the best horror movie of all time. The greatest horror movie oh, of all time. The greatest horror movie of all time. Who's doing this bracket for us? Uh, Cleveland.com. Cleveland.com. Okay. All right. What do we got on the... So here's here's the rules we're going to lay down for it. So, of course, there's only two of us. So we each account for one vote. Unless one of us, one of us has seen it and the other is not, then that person gets the deciding vote. And then if we're tied for whatever reason uh we're gonna do a coin flip on google so <laughs> we'll we'll leave it to chance so uh so what do we got coming up first you got it up yet yeah okay so number one seed versus number eight we got the exorcist or invasion of the body snatchers now it doesn't say which version of this so i'll leave that open to interpretation <sighs> That's rough because there's a lot of versions of invasions of the body snatchers. I guess it doesn't 
like uh affect my vote at all because the exorcist is fucking great yeah it's so great that i stupidly showed my eighth grader (laughs) exorcist because she was bragging about like scary horror movies and i was like oh you haven't seen this one (laughs) because that shit is still terrifying and that's a 70s movie so i gotta go with the exorcist that's a no-brainer and i'm gonna go with any version yeah yeah but i would say the best version is the one with uh donald um, sutherland yeah donald sutherland yeah definitely from the 70s i want to say yeah late 70s has leonard nimoy talking at the beginning of the movie talking about the aliens riding in on spores or whatever all right number three we have the blair witch project or number six the omen hmm okay the blair witch project holds a special place in my heart from when i was younger but on rewatch it was fucking garbage um, I mean, it was onto something because it was the first found footage, but it also spawned a lot of bad found footage. But I'm not going to hold it against it for this. That being said, the Omen is incredible, and I'm assuming we're talking about the original Omen. Yeah, uh, I've not seen the remake, so if we're talking about the original Omen with Gregory Peck, I'm definitely going the Omen. Yeah, and I I would definitely concur on that one. I I don't know if I've ever rewatched the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I rewatched it like right when it came out on video. I think I bought it on like VHS and rewatched it, and then it didn't quite have the same cachet. And then I watched it again like five years later, and I was just like, <laughs> like and then the sequel was terrible. So, and I think they made another sequel, and I never saw uh, it, but I, I'm pretty out on Blair Witch. So. Yeah. So, number four <laughs> seed, we got Dawn of the Dead. Versus number five, Paranormal Activity. Boy, there's not been one yet without a remake in the bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm assuming it's the original Dawn of the Dead. That is one of my favorite uh, zombie movies ever. I feel like it's the most influential zombie movie ever. Yeah. Uh, You could make a case for Night of the Living Dead, but I would say Dawn of the Dead is the most influential one. Um, even the remake is great, but not as great as the original. Sorry guys. Like visually, yes, it's cool, but there is a lot that's missing from the remake where they talk about, um, like that. There's all the, the social, social commentary and Dawn of the dead. That's just completely lacking in, in yeah. the remake. So, um, I'm going to sit down on the dead. Like I'm going to go Romero on this one. Uh, I have no reason to go against Dawn of the dead. Yeah. Um, plus, I haven't seen Paranormal Activity, so I, I have. It was good. Um, I I saw the sequel. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't go for the ride for the rest of them. But the first one, especially considering it was a super budget, like low budget movie, I did like it. Like they did, so they found ways to be creepy without having money, which was pretty cool. And I mean, like it was cheap by horror movie standards, so that's really fucking cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two seed, we have Scream versus number seven, It Follows. Oh, you know, the nostalgic part of me wants to say Scream. It was really good. It did, like, change the way horror movies are, and it's more of an agent of change than anything, but It Follows is fucking legit. Like, It Follows is great, dude. Like, they take that idea. Have you seen It Follows? I have not seen It Follows. I, but I assume you've seen Scream, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you had a poster in your uh, 
your dorm room for Scream, if I remember I did. right. Yeah. Um, so it follows. So it plays off of the idea that like Jason Voorhees is an allegory for sec- like sexually transmitted diseases, right? Like as soon as you have sex, you die. It happens all the time. But then the 80s really took that torch and ran with it. So that was a common thing. Like if you fuck somebody in a horror movie, you're going to get killed, right? So it follows, takes that idea. And then there's this like spirit that that's really messed up looking that comes after people like really slow. It just like creeps towards them in a straight line towards them. Um, but if they have sex, it passes to the next person and then that will go to the next person. And so the goal is to have sex with like somebody and have them have sex. that It's like so removed from you that it'll never get to you because, you know, you have to sleep. You have to do all kinds of things. So like this lady, like basically at the beginning of the movie, she loses her virginity to this guy. And then the guy like knocks her out. And then, like, ties her up to a chair. And he's showing her the thing is, like, coming. And, like, he's telling her the rules. And he's saying, as soon as you have sex with somebody else, it'll go after them. But it's, like, it never stops. It always comes. It comes very slowly so you can, like, travel far. But you'll never escape it, like, until you pass this on to somebody else. And so, like, he wants her to know the rules because once it kills that person, then it goes to the previous person, right? So like, it's like an STD, you know, it it just keeps going down the line. And so like, it's a really interesting like idea, like the premise is fucking solid on it, but then it's executed so well, like so well. I mean, they do stuff where they drive states away and just all of this thing, but like it follows, dude, (laughs) it's really good. So I, I recommend it follows. Oh, by the way, nobody can see it but the person. So everybody else thinks they're crazy, which adds another level to it. So, uh, what was it up against? Scream. Yeah, I, you know, once again, Scream, it, it was so influential. Like, I did love it, but I got to go with Follows on this one. I'm going to go with Scream on this one, just because I haven't seen it Follows. Okay. Well, since you've seen the one you're voting for, I've seen the one I'm voting for. We're going to... Flip a coin, so we'll say scream is heads. All right. Okay, so flipping, flipping heads. heads. All right, scream moves on. Don't feel terrible about it, but definitely check out it follows, man. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. So moving into the next set of eight. All right. Number one, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Versus number eight, it. <laughs> Which versions are we going with? We need to make a this decision is, here. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, probably the original, right? You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say the original because that's the best one, to be honest. Yeah. And we're going the greatest. Okay. So. What about it? <sighs> are we going remake or TV movie? I'm going to leave that up to. In- interpretation i'm going to assume that they're doing the remake i just because it's a theatrical release and the way the way how this was released or this bracket was released it's newer movies so i'm saying it's probably the movie okay 
Yeah, let's let's go with the remake of it. So we have the remake of it and God, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is not even difficult for me. Um, either version of it, I would say, loses out to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. However, either version of it beats any remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or sequel. So just just to put my feelings out there on, on uh, Front Street. But yeah, I'd say Texas Chainsaw Massacre moves on. All right. That sounds good. Uh, we're going to go number two, Psycho. And I'm going to say the original Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, Norman Bates. Norman Bates. He's in all of them. Uh, <laughs> versus Anthony Perkins. <laughs> and this is a tough one. Number seven, Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. Oh, God. I don't like that choice. I really have to think about this one. All right. Well, Cabin in the Woods is very self-referential. Um, really plays with horror movies in like a really interesting way and manages to also be kind of like a sci-fi movie on top of it. And it's really funny. But dude, Psycho... God, Psycho's really fucking good. And like, you want to talk about the whole... The trope of... um Of, uh, you know, like killing off the main character or who you think is going to be the main character at the beginning of the movie... Like, Scream does not get to do that if Psycho doesn't come out and do that with Janet Lee, which made it even more shocking back in, what, the 50s? Was that when that came out? I think it was the 60s. Early like 60s? early 60s. Okay. Um, shower scene, iconic. Like, can't think of a more iconic scene in a horror movie than than the, the shower scene, right? Like, yeah. You have, you know... <sighs> I think I have to go psycho on this one because I still make references with like Norman put me by the window and stuff <laughs> like that. And like, it's, it's just that mo- like it's and it's got the, the TV show now, I guess maybe Bates motel, yeah. which I don't it, like, but I mean, like it's still got fucking legs from the early sixties. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to go psycho on this one. Yeah, I mean, I really like The Cabin in the Woods. Me too. I don't like that they put it up against Psycho. <laughs> Why couldn't they have put it up against something else? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a tough draw. But I'm going to have to say Psycho on this one as well. <laughs> All right, you can tell we're old men because we've... I think I've seen every one of these movies so far. I'm feeling pretty good about this. All right. So, number three, we have Night of the Living Dead. Okay, definitely the original. Versus uh, number six, 28 Days Later. Ooh, we were just talking about Danny Boyle. <laughs> Danny B. Um, I really like 28 Days Later, revolutionized the zombie. Like, the, people kept talking about the remake of Dawn of the Dead, started the fast-moving zombie. No, it was 28 Days Later. Like, with Yeah, the, that's the one. I, I mean, it's like a virus, but it's still a zombie thing. Um, what was the first one I was up against? Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Dude, I love Night of the Living Dead. I will roll with Night of the Living Dead. I feel I think it's a fucking travesty that most people haven't seen that movie because it's so fucking good and has like once again it's a social commentary of of George Romero. If you're watching for it, there is a fucking powerful scene at the end. And I'll just give it away because it's a uh, like I don't think anybody's going to check it out off of me talking about it. However, if you want to scan ahead a little bit 
I'll throw out the spoiler because you can even watch this shit on YouTube. Like the copyright lapsed on Night of the Living Dead, but at the very <clears throat> there's a lot of tension with the the main character and um, some other characters that are trapped in the house. And the main character is a black man, and so at the very end of the movie, he is the only one that survives because he locks himself in the cellar, and he winds up going out and. Like, it seems like stuff's going okay. Like, he's not seeing zombies around. And he peeks his head out. And a soldier sees him and sees he's a black guy. This is right at the height of the Civil War. Or, like, civil rights. He peeks his head out. This soldier sees him, sees it's a black guy, and just pops him in the head. And says it's a zombie and, like, takes him off. And, like, it was so fucking powerful. Like, he was taken by the hand of man. And, uh, I, like... That scene has always stuck with me. So I got to roll with Night of the Living Dead. Like, yeah. And you don't get a Dawn of the Dead without Night of the Living Dead. So, or really any of the zombie movies. Because zombies were a very different thing in movies before. It was like voodoo priests like blowing dust into somebody's face and then them being hypnotized. And it was not at all like what this is. The Romero zombies, you know, so... Uh, how do you go on this one? Oh, definitely Night of the Living Dead. All right, nice. Um, number four, The Thing. Ooh, John Carpenter's The Thing, I assume? The Thing, John Carpenter, yes. Okay. Versus number five, Get Out. God damn it, <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's a fucking Sophie's choice right there. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. I don't like this at all. I haven't gotten time to contextualize like where Get Out is compared to the thing. Oh, fuck, man. They're both so good. Jeez. I want to hear your thought process on this. Because I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I love those movies so much. You know, it's... I'm really trying to process this one and because i really like all the stuff that they did in the thing with you know and it just the are they aren't they i mean it really great character study yeah it's so they both have that's bullshit they put those against each other because those movies had like that's what you get with the four and five seed though but you're talking about two horror movies like that have the most nuance and little like little hints of things in scripts like the things hidden inside that pays off with multiple viewings like why do you have to put those against each other they should not be against each other that early that's bullshit dude they should be wiping through this like with god damn it dude <laughs> I don't like myself for having to make this decision. Um, okay. All right. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to say this with a caveat. The caveat is I haven't had enough time to like, like get out sync into like where it is with like the greatest horror movies of all time. I haven't had that time. It's definitely one of the greatest, like definitely belongs on this list, but I I haven't had a whole lot of time. However, that being said, it takes elements of the thing. And I think if the movie facing it takes elements from the movie, you have to hand it to the original movie. So that's where I'm going to I'm going to go that John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. But I don't like myself for making that decision. It's just 
a decision has to be made. <laughs> yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see what, you know if we revisit something like this a few years down the road what how well it holds up, but I mean it was so well written, well acted and some great things that really haven't shown shown their face in cinema before in this way. I I mean it's really tough to say but i really like the thing yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna move on with the thing let's just pretend like we never had this conversation it's a 99 98 (laughs) final score (laughs) yeah and i would like to repeat i may not feel this way in a couple of years uh yeah because get out is fucking great if you haven't seen get out you need to see get out by the way if you haven't seen john carpenter's the thing fucking watch it it's so good God, these movies are too good. Yeah. So, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into the right half of the bracket. Okay. All right, and we're back. So, moving on to the right half of the bracket. We got number one, The Shinning, versus number eight, Your Next. I never saw Your Next. I don't know anything about Your Next. The Shining. (laughs) The Shining. There, I mean, the, that is a classic. Classic. Was that a Nick Cage movie? You're next. I have no idea. Yeah. I okay. know I've heard of it, but I'm sure it's one of those things I saw. I'm like, nah. I feel like this one's a misstep on this list. <laughs> but I haven't seen it, so maybe I should shut my mouth. Uh, I've, I've approved of a lot of the other ones. So. Yeah. All right, number two, we have Alien versus number seven, The Conjuring. I really like The Conjuring. Um, I I feel like it, it can't hold a candle to Alien. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, Alien has so many iconic moments. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Alien. There's no iconic moment in The Conjuring. There's not one. No. You should move down your mic just a yeah. bit. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's see. We are number three, Rosemary's Baby versus number six, Saw. Oh, God damn it. Of course they put me in a position where I have to like vote for Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Rome. I'm sorry, dude. I know that there's Saw fans, but... um. Yeah, I I gotta go. Rosemary's Baby is a fucking. It's a great movie. I'm sorry, dude. It is, and it's it's before it's before the whole unpleasant thing. So I don't know. Does that help? Probably not. No, and actually, it made my decision go the other way. <laughs> You're going against Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I. If it wasn't Roman Polanski, I probably would go the other way, but. Yeah. I can't get I behind. I really don't like Saw. Like, I have a, an incredible distaste for Saw. So let's just uh, flip this coin here. So which one's heads? Uh, Let's go Rosemary's Baby. All right, we got Tails, so Saw moves on. I mean, I don't feel terrible about it. Like, it, it was Roman Polanski. Fuck you, Roman Polanski. I'm sure you're listening to this podcast and your ears are burning right now. <laughs> All right, number four, Friday the 13th versus number five, The Ring. Hmm. 
Uh, you know, I feel like The Ring was a better movie, but Friday the 13th, like, spawned. I mean, Halloween spawned the, 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 the slasher, slasher genre, but Friday the 13th did such a great job with it that everybody thought that it started it. And then there's the added element of, like, it's Jason's mom the whole time who's, like, being controlled by Jason, probably. I think that's the way that the first one works. And then you only see Jason at the end, like, leaping out of the water in a dream to, like, suck the girl under the boat. And he's, like, looking all weird and deformed from the bottom of the lake. And then she's like, he's out there. He's somewhere. He's out there. Like, it's that ending, dude. It's so fucking good. So I got to go Friday the 13th. You know, Jason Voorhees. I... I didn't really care much for the ring when I saw it. I it it seemed all right, but it wasn't anything that just like wow that stuck with me. Like I could remember the major plot points of the movie, but it there wasn't anything that was stuck with me since then. Oh, so. dude, her like moving all crazy, yeah. crazy. That that's what stuck with me. But also, like I but saw the it, Exorcist on, a, I did saw it that. on a date, and I got some afterwards. <laughs> so that that really stuck with me too. <laughs> it follows, you know. <laughs> so we got Friday the Thirteenth movie on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the right choice, dude. Jason Voorhees needs to advance. Yeah, too much time on this podcast to not advance oh, no. in this bracket. All right. Did you just lose everything? No, I just... Good news is you can always hit the button that goes back to what you were at, so... Oh, no. Is this another Sophie's Choice? So, number one is Halloween. Number eight is The Evil Dead. Yeah, it's... Look, I love, I love John Carpenter. I love Halloween, dude. It's The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead is great. Like it's yeah, it's great. It is. Are you I, gonna vote against the Evil Dead? I think we got an upset here. What? Oh, with the Evil Dead? Yeah. yeah, 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 dude. Come on, Ash Williams moves on, even if it's like the least fun Ash Williams of all of them, right? Like this is the one with no comedy. The and serious. Like, <laughs> he's probably the only person left alive at the end of it because it was the only one of Sam Raimi's like cast that who was willing to stick with the movie for four years. That's how long that movie took. All right. So number two, we have Jaws. Number seven seed, the Babadook. I like the Babadook a lot, but dude, it's Jaws. It's fucking Jaws. I still maintain Jaws is not the horror movie people think it is. No. I think most people who have seen it, and especially seen it recently, not like when they were kids... Or like back in the seventies, realize that like it's not really a horror movie. It's just an action movie with like a few gruesome scenes. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's Jaws, dude. Jaws is a fucking classic. Everything about <laughs> it is great. Like everything about that movie is great. Yeah, I mean, there's quotable lines. Like, God, it's it's fucking incredible on every level. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Jaws. It started Spielberg's career. So, number three, we have Silence of the Lambs versus number six, Poltergeist. 
I love me and some poltergeist, but it, it, it ain't holding a candle to sentence. There's last. a reason why it was best picture, and it's it's a top five movie in Biggs' heart always. I was just doing a Jamie Gum impression yesterday because I do it almost on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> she a big old fat person. Well, Bill, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, and he had Bill Hader on, and like. Bill Simmons has Bill Hader on at least once a year for like I don't know how many years now, but he always makes him do a Jamie Gum impression. And so Bill Hader was talking about he had this sketch for Saturday Night Live and it never went on, but it was like his favorite sketch that that never got on the show. And it was the Jamie Gum show. Oh god. And so it's like he's like doing a talk show and like everybody's creeped out by him, but he's just like way too cool. He's just like Oh yeah, well that sounds like it's a lot of fun. Why don't you tell me about it? Like, and like, <laughs> oh, God. like and people are just like really creeped out by it. And his sidekick is a girl in a well that he like shouts down the well to. And stuff. <laughs> that would have been amazing to yeah, watch. No, I really want to see that now. Oh, good. All right, so four seed. We got Nightmare on Elm Street versus. Number five, seven. Oh, that's you know. I'm not gonna think about this too hard. I, dude, Freddie, I love you. I love you more than Jason Voorhees. Seven is a fucking spectacular movie. Like, <sighs> but there's Kevin. Sp- God damn it! There's Kevin Spacey ruining all these movies, man. But I'm still going seven. Seven's fucking great. If I'm gonna do the Polanski, I'm gonna like. I'm definitely gonna. You're standing up for Owen Polanski. You're gonna stand up. I'm not standing up for them. I'm not standing up for him. I'm standing up for the work. (laughs) 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 Look, if people can still listen to Frank Sinatra and not have a problem with any of the shit that he did in his life, I can still fucking enjoy Seven. All right. (sighs) What's in the box? You know, that being said. And Kevin Spacey's only in like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. He's he's probably in it less than Baby Driver. And he's not in Baby Driver very very long. God, but rewatching Baby Driver after all that shit dropped was kind of rough. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't rewatched Seven since I dropped. That's a rough movie to watch in general, but I, I'm gonna, I'm going Seven, dude. It's you part know of the fabric of our lives. How it, many times have we told that story? I know. <laughs> so our mo- R-rated movie that we we got uh, that basically the theater like went after us for, and we just threw up our fingers and walked out the door. Not literally, <laughs> figuratively, but yeah. um, you know. I'm going to say the Kevin Spacey thing aside, I could probably any night of the week rewatch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And fucking laugh my ass off. Yeah. I laugh my ass off in seven, but it's it's not supposed to be that. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. So... Google's going to have to do its thing. All right. Which one's heads? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And Nightmare on Elm Street moves on. 
Okay, well, I feel good that, that like, the Me Too movement has prevailed against me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel okay with this, actually. Saves less creepy conversation later. So, that's the first round. We're into the Sweet 16. All right. What do we got? All right. We got The Exorcist versus The Omen. I love The Omen. Can't hold a candle to The Exorcist. Not even a little bit. Yeah, it's not even something I have to struggle with. Although, def- like both movies are classics. I feel like, and I could be mistaken, but I feel like every movie that's like moved on here is a classic. So, I guess just know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a pretty good, I gotta say, they did a pretty good job with this one. We got Dawn of the Dead versus Scream. Dawn of the Dead. Not even a question. I'm going to say Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I think Wes Craven went... Of course, he's on here twice, so... Yeah. Yeah, he just he just moved on with Nightmare on Elm Street. He's doing fine. <laughs> Why don't they have Freddy versus Jason on there, dude? If oh, you're going like, like, to give us a fucking... No, fuck that, dude. If you're going to give us the thing and get out in the same bracket, why don't you have Freddy versus Jason in the same bracket? You know what I mean? Fuck. That would have been a tough one to do for me. Yeah, it's fucking tough, but that's the point. If you're going to like throw out these shitty matches like that, throw them all out. Anyway. <laughs> all right, we got Psycho versus Night of the Living Dead. <sighs> that's Both tough. classics. Yeah, at least it moved on, though. Um, <clears throat> I really like Night of the Living Dead, but seeing as how Dawn of the Dead moved on, I can't justify it beating Psycho. So I'm going to go Psycho. I wouldn't put it over. I mean, they're both classic movies, but fucking Alfred Hitchcock brought it to another level with Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Congratulations, Norman. One thing went right in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Just one. All right. We got The Thing versus The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's another brutal one, dude. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, I like. If you've never seen the original, you really have no idea what you're in for, because the remakes never ever do it justice. Like they just make it a slasher movie, and it's not a slasher movie. It's just a fucking assault on your faculties, and it's up against what the. Th- the thing. The thing. But John the Carpenter. Thing, I gotta go to the thing. I gotta go. <laughs> it's with, one of my top movies. You dude. know, I can I have a tough time rewatching uh Texas Chainsaw because it's just so brutal. Yeah, I think I've seen it like four or five times. Yeah, it's probably where I have. <laughs> it's that's a fucked up amount of times for how much it disturbs me. <laughs> but I mean it's a It's a brutal watch. You know, when you talk about found footage movies, I guess that's kind of the first. But it's not it's not presented as a found footage movie. It's but it's it's filmed filmed like it's like a snuff film or something. Yeah. That's what it is. It's filmed like it's a snuff film. It makes you very uncomfortable the way it's filmed. So I love you, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's where you end. By the way, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but Toby Hooper died a little while ago. Maybe we did. Toby Hooper. Uh, he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. So oh. two movies we just cavalierly tossed off. 
<laughs> so I should I should mention like R.I.P. Toby Hooper. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So R.I.P. Yeah, it might have been like even a year ago. I don't know. Oh. It was a while ago, but all right. Over on the other side, we got the Shining versus Friday the Thirteenth. Um. You know, here's the thing. The Shining. No, that was the last bracket. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> the thing about the thing is, um, The Shining is a better movie. I know it's a better movie. It's better acted. It's got that fucking mood to it. There's weird symbolism. There's fucking symbolism that people have gone off in a million directions. But Friday the 13th has caught, like, that's, like, Jason's, like, my friend that I would just, like, hug if it wasn't for the fact that he would fucking put a machete through my back and then, like, oh, cut he me would, in half. He would, like, start at your head and end up down through your heart. So I'm going to go Friday the 13th, recognizing that The Shining is a better movie. This is a tough one for me because I really like The Shining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I've definitely watched that since I've watched Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to flip this one to Google. All right, which one's heads? Uh, we got Shining on top as the number one seed, so they're heads. Okay. We got heads, so the Shining moves on. I mean, the right film won. It's just like, I have nostalgia. So we will not get a Freddy versus Jason in this bracket. It would have been a Final Four. <laughs> if it happened. Yeah. All right. I think this one's going to be quick. Saw versus Alien. 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 Not even a question. Let's move on. Let's not dwell on it. Yeah. All right. Jaws versus Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Jaws. It's Jaws, dude. As a horror movie. I'd still got to go Jaws. I'd love Jaws. I'm sorry. If if Jason gets eliminated early... <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I've lost every coin flip, so. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stick with you on this one. I'm going to say Nightmare on Elm Street gets the upset. Or no. That's not Jaws. sticking with me. <laughs> okay. So I'm you're going Jaws? Jaws. Okay. All right. Are we on the final four now? No, we still got one more. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. Evil Dead versus, and I can't read my shorthand here. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. God damn it. (laughs) Ah, the Bruce Campbell fan club of which I'm literally a part of is going to be mad at me. And here's the thing. If it was Evil Dead 2, I would think about it more. But, dude, it's Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I gotta go Silence of the Lambs. <sighs> Silence of the Lambs, Evil Dead. You know, I could go on with Silence of the Lambs and feel okay about it. 
just it like if it was any of the other Ash movies, I'd have a tougher time with this one. It's the only horror movie to break through and be best picture. That's got to be worth something. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Silence of the Lambs moves on. Congratulations, Jamie Gum and Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're down to the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight? Oh, yeah. We're not even close to the four yet. So we got Exorcist versus Day of the Dead. Or uh, the Dead sorry. Yeah, Day of the Dead sucks. So, <laughs> um, Exorcist versus Dawn of the Dead. God damn. I got to stop saying God damn because these are all going to be hard choices from now on. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to go Exorcist on this one because Exorcist is probably personally my favorite horror movie. It's like, not. It's the one that like really <clears throat> grips me the most. It's not my favorite horror movie, but I feel like it's the scariest. Like its moments are fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go at Exorcist on this one. Sorry, Dawn of the Dead, but uh, Dawn of the Dead is fucking awesome. So, all right, we got Psycho versus the Thing. The Thing. I I just. Yeah, it's the thing. <laughs> it's it's not even a question in my mind. But it's a question yeah, in Brandon's I'm mind. Trying to like come up with something that would push the psycho over, but I really like the thing. Okay. Well, let's just move on. Can't overthink this sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta go with your gut. Alright. So we got the shining versus alien. Alien. I'm going Alien. Uh, I'm gonna go with Shining. On I this knew you one. would. We'll say The Shining as heads, okay? Yeah, you're you love flipping, The Shining. Flipping. Heads. So The Shining moves on. God damn, dude! The Shining has won on a coin flip every time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, Jaws versus Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, and I love Jaws, but. This is where I can't I can't go any further on on my Jaws love. Like Silence of the Lambs is fucking amazing. You know I'm gonna go with Silence of the Lambs on this one. All right, so Silence of the Lambs moves on. Not a big surprise. So now we're on the final four. We're on the final four. All right. We got The Exorcist versus The Shining. It's The Exorcist. I'll go with you on that. Okay. I was really starting to wonder. I was just assuming it would be another coin flip. The Shining would win. (laughs) (laughs) The Shining wins through coin flips all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have The Thing versus Silence of the Lambs. Oh. I... This is tough because, no joke, these two movies are in my top five. Like, they are both in my top five. But Silence of the Lambs, I quote it every day. I do not quote the thing every day. So I got to go Silence of the Lambs. I'm right there with you. Okay. All right. So this is a fucking powerful final, dude. 
This is Silence of the Lambs versus The Exorcist. Yeah. Okay. The Exorcist is the scariest movie of all time, but The Silence of the Lambs is a better movie. It is a better movie. And it's better at every phase. Like, it's a better villain, and it's got two villains that are better than the the devil, right? Um, you have like an amazing story with like Jodie Foster with like Lecter in her head, Jamie Gums, like his, uh, his desire to wear women's skin and put lotion on women who are in a well. I get their skin off and make clothes and dance around doing the talk. (laughs) There's this weird relationship with precious that I don't feel like it's fully realized in the movie. (laughs) There's some weird stuff going on that we didn't see on the screen. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, on the surface, Actresses is a way scarier movie. But when you dig deeper, Silence of the Lambs is way more fucking terrifying to me. Okay, like, I think The Exorcist is scarier. Like, I do. But Silence of the Lambs, weirdly enough, could happen. Like, there's nothing in there that... That is out of the realm of possible. Everything about The Exorcist, like, is it's supernatural. My favorite horror movies tend to be supernatural horror movies because, like, they're unexplained and things like that. But, like, when it, you really root it down, like, when I'm in bed at night, I'm not worried about a fucking devil coming after me because I don't, it doesn't have any power over me because I don't believe it. Like, somebody like Hannibal Lecter or Jamie Gum can exist in the world and that's what's fucking like that is more frightening in that way but all of that aside science of the lambs is just it's it's a superior movie yeah it's nothing against the exorcist which is a fucking classic i still hold it up as the scariest movie of all time but it's not the best horror movie of all time that is the silence of the lambs we in agreement here it's definitely the science of the lambs okay so we had a lot of like Hemming and hawing over certain matchups, but I feel like the right movie won. Like, I, I gotta say, as soon as I heard Silence of the Lambs was on the list, and inside I was like, I don't know if anything can beat this for me. But you never know when you're going up against somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm glad we agree on this, though. Is that, yeah. is that what you would have picked, like, had you not gone through the bracket process? Um... Maybe. I mean, it's a... Because a lot of the time, this stuff doesn't pan out like you think it will, you know? You know... I mean, I had some Cinderella favorites I was kind of in there for, but... I mean, I have no problem with Silence of the Lambs taking it all. Yeah, initially I thought, like, in in my mind, I heard The Exorcist, and I was like, well, there it is. And then I heard The Thing, and I was like, oh, no, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> like, And then I heard Silence of the Lambs, and I was like, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through the gamut of emotions. But but three those three were in the final four, so. Yeah. Yeah, they're all fucking great movies. And The Shining, right? Yeah. You pushed The Shining up the hill. <laughs> like, you just kept pushing it up the hill. I was like the critics who panned it. You just kept pushing it. Pushing <laughs> it. <laughs> well, this is probably a good place to quit. So, uh, next week, I'm going to talk more in depth on Jessica Jones. Um, I've gotten three quarters of the way through the season, and I want to finish it before I talk about it. 
but the shit is way more deep than I realize. Like when they get in, there's a nice little turn. And so I really want to talk about it next week. So uh, expect to get some Jessica Jones talk next week and take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.